another episode of uh, S Una Final podcast. This is a uh, this is a huge episode in the history of this podcast, guys. Uh, history has been made, uh, and as Real Madrid supporters, and as Michael is an Atletico Madrid supporter, uh, we have to pay our tributes today, and and we will do so. It's been a while since we have done the S Una Final podcast, but. it is absolutely the right occasion to get back into the scuff of things uh, i guess so with that note i welcome charlie and michael both of you back to the show thank you yes been a long time it's good to be back uh, yes yes it is it is good to be back and uh, all right so let's let's just get into it uh, this was pretty much predicted that if somehow Benfica can win it was pretty much a given that Barcelona is not going to be able to beat Bayern Munich and like even a draw was looking pretty much superficial for them they lost the game in a manner they were predicted to lose and Barcelona in our lifetimes is now in the Europa League i mean <laughs> i still can't believe it uh, I'll, i'll take each of your opinions in just a second but uh where do they where do they go from here like before going into like what happens against Bayern Munich and what happened throughout Barcelona's Champions League campaign this season where they have only scored two goals in six games and then just got knocked out of the competition uh where do they go from here i will start this one with charlie charlie barcelona are currently in the europa league uh where do they go from go from here talk us through Well, there's a number of teams that they could play against. I guess I'll list them off right now. I mean, we got Rangers, PSV Eindhoven, Leicester City, which would be a ton of fun. I'd love to see Barcelona play Leicester City. Uh, Sportback Moscow, Napoli, another one that would be a ton of fun. Like, yeah, Warsaw, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, be fun. Uh, Olympiacos, Galatasaray, Lazio, Red Star, Braga, Michelin, uh, Dinamo Zagreb, and Genk. Those are kind of, that's their matrix of opponents they could end up with, I believe. I, there are a number of fun teams I'd like to see there, but I mean, I do feel like this Barcelona team will have, they have a good chance of going through against just about any one of those opponents, barring Leicester or Napoli. Um, but my real question here is, I, I'm assuming Barcelona is going to give full effort in the Europa League, but is that in their best interest at this point? Should they just drop out of, or not intentionally drop out, but play a lesser lineup in these, uh qualifying games to get into the next round because the Europa League uh is different this year there's qualifying games uh mm. do they play a like academy style team for that and just since they already have a very thin squad due to injuries at this point do they just drop out and focus on trying to make European competition for next season and through La Liga and the Copa del Rey where I do feel like they do still stand a good chance in that competition given that it hasn't started yet and they I think they can win day to day on a uh they could win just in one-off matches against teams. So I don't know. I'm very interested to see. It'll be fun to see Barcelona come up against some of these teams that you very rarely see them go up against. That's just where I'm at. I'm still trying to process how well this is going. And it is – I don't want to see Barcelona in the Europa League too often. I mean, this is very fun as a one-off thing. But for the sanctity of La Liga as a whole and the reputation of the league, it is in their best interest. that Barcelona gets back to winning ways and gets back in the Champions League and does well because the league's reputation takes a hit. Um, the uh, yeah, the league, Their revenue, Barcelona does, it's just bad for the league in general. 
Finally, I know I've talked quite a bit here, but I do want to say that this is just awful for Barcelona from a financial standpoint, because leaks came out today saying that they had planned uh, all of their financial uh, statements and processes around making the quarterfinals of the Champions League this season, which obviously they're out now. So that just digs them in a much, much deeper hole than they already are. So I'm very interested to see where they go to try and balance the books here, because I believe they need to win the finals of the Europa League to even come close to compensating for what they would need to do by making the uh, quarterfinals of Europa. So very interested to see how that affects club finances going forward, because I know they have plans to buy players in the January window and things like that. I'm interested to see how that takes a hit. Sorry, that was a lot. I would love to hear everyone else's thoughts. I'm done spearing now. No worries, Charlie. No worries at all. Uh, I'm going to go towards Michael right now. Michael, so I don't really see Xavi's Barcelona playing a hell of a lot different than Ronald Koeman. I don't know like how you guys feel about it. Yes, there are like some some differentiating uh, aspects of the teams of uh, Ronald Koeman and Xavi, but apart from some defensive structure, uh, body language wise, or even gameplay wise, I don't see a hell of a lot different. Uh, you know, contrasting differences uh, in this team that uh, from this team that and the team that uh, Ronald Koeman had. Now, Michael, do you see any co- those kind of contrasting differences? Because Barcelona might just have you know, sacked Kuman and brought in uh, Xavi for nothing at the end of the season. It it may well turn out to be that way. Obviously, like the end of the season is, is still a far way out. And uh, uh, the dressing room dynamic was completely broken with the Ronald Kuman at, at one stage, I do believe. Although some of the younger guys uh, still respected and lauded him very much. How do you see like Xavi's position right now? Obviously, he uh, like I have no doubt he's going to be trusted for, for a long while. But do you see that many differences in the actual pitch and the actual gameplay? Yeah, it's, um, it's not great. It's not quite the bounce they were hoping for. I think, say, if you just take Barca's two Champions League games under Xavi, you've got the nil-nil draw with Benfica, which was very underwhelming. And then you've got this fine result, which I don't think was massively unexpected. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's just kind of inevitable. As, like you said, it was more depending on whether they would win it to whether they get through. There was no real hope for Barca doing anything. Um, <clears throat> there's also been a lot of underwhelming forces in the league and you know, kind of losing to Betis. And then I think they've only scored, I can't remember the statistic exactly, but I saw it on Twitter, they've only scored like five goals under Xavi, two of them being penalties and three of them being in one game. That doesn't spell very well and uh, it's kind of the continuity under from what Hamburg Komen they have all the possession but they can't break through teams obviously a lot of that's kind of due to you know missing Messi and Anthony Fati's been in and out on Javi missed tonight I believe as well um, but no I think you know a Barca team only scoring two goals in the Champions League crew stage pretty mental like obviously goals aren't the best indicator of a team's performance and were luck going their way a few more times, they probably would have scored one two, but it still underlines how deep the problems go. And I think, especially when you've got a board like Charlie saying, who predicted their financial output based upon them making the quarterfinals of the Champions League, which just seems ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. this, it was questionable whether this team would even make it out of the group, let alone win in a round of 16 tie. Um, and I think just the issues there just go so deep. and not all of it is on Xavi. You know, he came into a very difficult situation. Um, 
But yeah, it hasn't been the smoothest start for him. I don't know what, what, how you feel about it, Mehdi. Do you want to expand upon your initial thoughts? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I think Javi's inclusion was was a, more of a psychological thing for Barcelona to bring him in, and he, like he's a club legend, and uh, he would immediately get the utmost respect in the dressing room and everything. But I think there there has been a fair bit of or just a hint of delusion uh, in that in that appointment as though that there would be something immediate, there would be some immediate solutions, whereas Barcelona's problems are so deep-rooted, a change in manager and with a with an injury-prone squad, no immediate solution was was actually you know available to them. Uh, we would have to see how Xavi, if he is trusted, you know, for another couple of years, because I, I don't, I don't honestly see Barcelona getting out of this without like uh, an outstanding miracle for another couple of years. I'm not saying that they're not going to play in the Champions League for another couple of years. They, they obviously can do that if they finish higher up the table, even, even this season. But uh, these fundamental issues, uh, like I, I don't, I don't see they they're getting out of it anytime soon. And just to just to add on Charlie's point on like La Liga's reputation, me the <laughs> the person who like grew up watching Barcelona win all those trebles, the hexas, and uh, seeing how their fans have celebrated it, uh, I I am absolutely loving this moment that whatever Barcelona fans are left who are, who have not transformed into PSG fans yet, uh, they they are having to go through this. Because, like, I do know that Barcelona is is going to still going to remain Real Madrid's uh, biggest rival, uh, no matter what. But the differences in some of the fundamentals between the two clubs is huge. I know Barcelona has traditionally been lauded as the club with more ideology, more ethics, and all those kind of stuff. But when our top goal scorer in our history left, in a in three or four months, yes, we sacked Loptegui, we brought in Santiago Solari, which didn't work, but Real Madrid were still winning things like the uh, FIFA Club World Cup because that's the kind of a place Zidane and Ronaldo left us in 2018. When Bar- Lionel Messi left Barcelona and in four months, Barcelona is in the Europa League. So the some of the differences in in how things are done at this at these clubs is, is so huge. And uh, I think Barcelona now getting into the Europa League just just you know revalidates that for me. And and uh, I just actually went a bit off track. I wanted to add to Charlie's point where like La Liga's reputation. I think even if Barcelona suffers, teams like Sevilla, Real Sociedad, and Villarreal, if they do well in the Champions League, I think that can still elevate uh, La Liga's level a bit because these teams are like really solid domestic teams but we saw like Real Sociedad getting smacked 4-0 against Manchester United so the European perspective is not that good good about these teams but even apart from if Barcelona is you know keep struggling for years I think if these teams uh, you know organize themselves well uh, do their transfer business well and holds on to managers like uh, Unai Emery uh, Emmanuel Alguacil uh, and Julian Lopetegui in, into the league. Uh, I think I think La Liga's reputation is is not really gonna harm that much. And even if it does, like I don't mind seeing Real Madrid winning like ten league titles 
in nine in in ten years like going Munich or Juventus. I, I honestly I I would sign up for that right now. Uh, all right, enough enough about Barcelona. If we can move on a little bit uh, to the teams that are in the Champions League from Spain. <laughs> so uh, starting with Atletico Madrid. This time I will actually go back to Michael once again. Charlie, I'm, I'm going to be back with you just in a moment once we finish this off with Michael. Michael, at halftime of this round, Atletico Madrid were still out of the Champions League. At full time, they have qualified, and uh, and uh, yep, I, I don't I don't I don't mind Atletico Madrid being in the Champions League because. They, they will have games to play. They will tire up in the league just for that sole reason. But talk us through, Michael, like the emotions of this game, the dynamics of this game. At halftime, you're out. At full-time, you're, you're still back into the knockout round. Talk us through. God, it's, just, it's just a mental game. I think it just kind of summed up how broken up and how... Just there's been no rhythm for Atletico this season. They've had constant injury suspension, poor form, rotation issues about selection, and this kind of game encapsulated that in the fact that I think throughout the entire throughout this Atletico's six Champions League games, I saw four sources the statistic Atletico only led for 37 minutes out of those six games, which is just crazy. And before this game, I think it was only led for three minutes. And the fact that they still came through in the group. I think finishing second is not as much of an issue as maybe some people want it to be. I think Liverpool were pretty clear run away from the start, even the first game. And then it was just it's, it's just such a romantic win. Like just no Savage, no Jimenez, no Felipe, no Trippier playing Jimmy Vashalika right centre back, and then Kondogbia in the middle and Hermosa on the left, like it's such a makeshift back line and somehow they managed to pull through it. Just a little bit ridiculous. Obviously, there's a massive spice of fortune with some of the goals. Like, DePaul's goal is a little bit ridiculous. Griezmann's goal as well kind of just falls to him. Um, But no, it was... And look, sometimes the love goes your way and maybe the, the fact that um, it was such a broken up and scrappy game. I think Atletico's past completion rate is still like 63%, which is just really low for a Champions League side. Um, obviously, the, the brawl kind of marred the game as well. The sense that maybe Atletico somehow cheated their way to victory. Um, just really encapsulated how poor Atletico have been this season. Somehow they came through, they qualified for the knockout stage with seven points. And for a bit of context, obviously, group dynamics alter the points you need to get to team to get through. I think Barcelona finished their group with seven points and then the contrasting way people look at these two teams is quite interesting. Um but no, it was just I thought Oblak was really good, you know, he made five stages in the entire game. He hasn't been as good as maybe people want him to be this season, but I think kind of really reminded us how good he is and you know Rodrigo De Paul is just immense. I think something ridiculous like five tackles, four interceptions and nine progressive actions. He was just all over the pitch and you, know, you really saw that in with his goal running the entire length of the pitch to score on the counter in what the 90 odd minutes. It was a pretty crazy game. Right, right. Yep, it, it was indeed a crazy game. Charlie, now coming back to it, not just this game, this group was pretty crazy, isn't it? Because like Liverpool, I think, was the only sure shot team that were going through 
But there was there were times when Milan, Porto, and Liverpool all sorry and Atletico were all in the mix of, of qualifying. So how did how did you enjoy watching this particular group if you have followed? Yeah, um, like I said in my initial part, I wanted Atletico Madrid to go through purely for the La Liga uh, reputation at this point because it looks very bad on the league if Real Madrid's the only team that goes through in a pretty weak group, I would say. And so Atletico Madrid getting out of the group of death would be very good for the league. And also, I just really don't like Liverpool, so I wanted to see Atletico Madrid beat them. Um, yeah, I mean, Porto and Milan, I both, they're both very quality teams at this point. Milan is coming back under the fold. Porto has their mix of aging stars and young guys coming through. And Atletico Madrid are obviously the past champions of La Liga. So, I mean, they're all going back and forth. And this is exactly what you want in the Champions League. You want three teams that can all go through in second place in the final day, not a situation where, like, you have uh, Chelsea and Juventus who are already way ahead of the bottom two teams. So I, this is the beauty of the Champions League, teams that are all battling. Every team has something to play for. That's just what you want. I, you can't say more than that. I mean, and Atletico showed the grit to get back through even when they were missing so many different guys. Luis Suarez gets injured. They have a red card in the second half. I mean, that's their thing. I mean, showing grit. And I mean, they, I don't want to say they've had issues with motivation this season, maybe um, mentality, but I mean, in that game, I, there was obviously the red card, like I said, but everything else, it was kind of like the old Atletico Madrid for this. I, I mean, to grind out the match, get the points out. That's what you expect. I mean, and if they want to keep going, that's what you got to do. So yeah, I think this is a positive sign that, even though the game itself wasn't great on their end, they did what they needed to do, and that's the most important thing. Yes, sometimes, sometimes you do get these kind of things, and uh, you just you just have to grind the victory out. Uh, I I give the reference of this particular code uh, a lot of times in 2014-15. Uh, Real Madrid, I think, won this kind of a game. Uh, in the way to the 22 match winning streak, and Iker Casillas had, had said that you you got to win these kind of games to win a league title. Although, like this game, Atletico game wasn't in a uh, league title race, but still, it, it was that kind of a game where you just had to, you know, work really hard to grind the victory out, and you did. And uh, funnily enough, uh, on that season, Real Madrid ended up winning nothing. Where when Casillas said that, uh, but anyways. Uh, Speaking of Real Madrid, Madrid won 2-0 against Inter Milan. A draw would have been enough to go through as, as table toppers. But uh, Real Madrid initially struggled a lot in this game, I would say. Uh, even like Tony Crow scored his goal, Inter Milan were right back in it, like almost right back in it. They they pressed high. They uh, Perisic was getting into all kinds of uncomfortable positions for, for Real Madrid's uh, right back. All in all, it was still looking like a difficult game, but I think the red card pretty much sealed sealed the game, uh, which I thought was like the red card was fair. I don't know how, what you guys thought about it because you, you can't a player, you can't punch a player anywhere in his body. It doesn't matter if it was his calf or anything. You just can't punch anyone in a football game like this. Uh, and obviously, like after Arturo Vidal came on, all hell kind of broke loose in the ground and and things got heated up. Uh, but yeah, Real Madrid, Real Madrid in the end got a comfortable victory. Fantastic goal from Marco Asensio as well. Uh, the Tony Cruz goal was like almost a copy of a goal he scored against Sheriff uh, because it was the, like the same move. Rodrigo trying to dribble and then just laying it off uh, square. 
uh, through the center and then Tony Cruz taking a shot against Sheriff. It was with his right foot, of course, and, and this time a left foot shot. A beautiful goal, beautiful goal from Asensio as well. All in all, things are looking uh, looking good for Real Madrid for the moment, but uh, they have this huge game on this weekend that we call the Madrid Derby. We'll, we'll probably cover that game uh, when when the time comes in the weekend. Uh, any more thoughts on the Real Madrid game, guys? Any any thoughts you might want to add? Charlie, Michael, either of you? I don't believe so. I mean, I don't think there's that much to cover. They went and got the job done. Uh, Inter, put a, Inter put up a better match, I would say. Result didn't go for them. But, I mean, this is kind of what you expected going in. Real Madrid to not be the better side, but to get a couple chances, put them away. And Inter has been good this season. They haven't been as good as they were last season, which Real Madrid still ended up beating them in the Champions League. But, yeah, I mean, this, I think, went exactly as one would have expected. Yep. Yep. All right. So, yeah, I guess, I guess we can briefly. Yeah, please. please. I, feel like, I feel like we should briefly comment on Real Madrid's season as a whole. You know, five. Five wins, one loss, 15 points in the Champions League group, eight points clear to La Liga. Speaking as Real Madrid fans, is that, both of you, is that matching your expectation pre-season or is it greatly surpassing it? Well, there is, like, we're not really eight points clear in La Liga because, like, Sevilla has got a game in hand. And so I always like to count it, like, that whoever has the game in hand, I, I like to count it the way that they have, considering they have won that game. And uh, Sevilla's game is with Barcelona, so yeah, probably they have won that game. <laughs> so, uh, uh, to be honest, no, I did not expect Madrid to be this good even probably four weeks ago. I did not expect this team to be on top of La Liga with uh, f- with a five or eight point lead. I I did not expect any surprises in the Champions League. I did expect them to go through pretty easily, especially after how, how like they won the first game. The Sheriff game that they lost was what was obviously a strange one. But apart from that, the team was looking good in the Champions League. Uh, the Champions League top spot doesn't surprise me a bit. But uh, the continuity they have shown in the, in the last few weeks in the league has been tremendous. We Real Madrid played really well against Sociedad, I think. Same, uh, probably not so much in the second half against Athletic uh, Club, but still they grinded out the result. And uh, again, uh, the way they won against Sevilla with that outstanding Vinicius goals, you need these big players coming up big in these big games. And that's what exactly Vinicius did. And the same thing happened yesterday as well. Tony Cruz and uh, Marco Asensio taking it upon them. So in the Champions League, it, it didn't really surprise me. But in the in the league, I am pleasantly surprised. And a couple of players that I want to mention, like Vinicius is obviously one of them, but how Eder Militao has been performing for the last few games, I am I am so happy, so, so happy for him that he's getting to perform like this. The Militao-Alaba partnership is, is gelling really nicely right now. Real Madrid just have to like hold on to their concentration now. They're like, uh, after the Madrid derby, uh, they have probably a bit relaxing fixtures. But then again, like even as I was just talking about the 2014-15 season, I think before going to that uh, friendly game in the UAE against AC Milan Madrid were still leading the league by six points and we all know what happened that season. It just all came crashing down. Uh, I think there is some room for improvement in Carlo Ancelotti's rotational strategy, but uh, bottom line is I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by the league performance. What about you, Charlie? 
Yeah, I'm very surprised. I mean, I did not expect Real Madrid to have that. Uh, I, for lack of a better term, like the crappy goals that they score to like win games like Vinicius Jr. against Sevilla is a big one. To have someone that gives you a, like that little stroke of brilliance in the match that lifts you above the opponents, I didn't expect him to have that this season. I did expect him to do fairly well this year, but I think the more surprising to me was how the other teams in La Liga have dropped off a fair bit and not challenged them as much. I would have expected Real Madrid to be near where they are in the league at this time, but I would have expected other teams in La Liga to be with them. That, I think, would have been where I would have expected the team to be. So, yeah, I think it's a bit of a mix of both. I mean, I think the quality we at Real Madrid is that is where I expected it to be without some of that individual brilliance. I obviously didn't expect Vinicius Jr. to uh, do as he has this season. But the rest of the team, yeah, I think Ancelotti's a great manager. I expect him to get uh, some good stuff out of this team. But, yeah, I think the biggest uh, reason of their success so far has not been their style of play, but the uh, poor performances on the other end from the other teams. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. Because, like, in, in some cases, we've been lucky as well. Like, uh, in the Real Sociedad that game, they they had some big names missing. In the in some of the other games, we have had opponents who uh, missed big names as well. But all in all, like, credit where it's due is... Uh, until, and there are things that Ancelotti has done really well, but there are things that I think still need to improve vastly if we are to end up with some kind of silverware. All right. On that note, guys, uh, before wrapping up, we're quickly going to review who are... Uh, who are the possible opponents of Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. And obviously, Charlie uh, already spoke about Barcelona, who can, who they can face and what, what that dynamic might look like. So, Charlie, no chance of Borussia Dortmund facing Barcelona? Because that uh, would be fun. No, because it's uh, teams from the bottom or second place of the uh, Europa League. Oh, uh, okay. Currently. We'll play the oh, uh, okay, third okay. place so team. Dortmund from... are also going from the Champions League. Yes. Uh, yep. Right. All right, sounds good. Uh, so if I just take a quick look at, at the standings, uh, let's take a look at Real Madrid first. They can face PSG, uh, Sporting Lisbon, Benfica. Uh, well, the Atlanta Villarreal game is postponed, so we don't know if Atlanta qualifies. Uh, they can face Atlanta. If, if from that group, they can face no one else. If Villarreal qualifies, they won't be able to face them. Real Madrid can face Albi Salzburg. Real Madrid can face Chelsea, so PSG, Chelsea. I, I don't. I don't like them in in the second round. No, that's a that's a no no for me. Like I'm I'm not backing away from the challenge. Real Madrid uh, uh, is capable of beating both of these teams, but uh, in February when we'll be playing Copa del Rey games, we'll be just back from the Super Copa de España in um, Saudi Arabia. Uh, which is which is happening in January? Uh, I don't I don't really like it. What about you, Charlie? What about you, Michael? Any any thoughts on that? You can start, Michael, if you want. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea and PSG that would be very uh, peak. You know, <clears throat> also uh, Charles looking at like Chelsea and um, PSG that would be pretty bad. Chelsea, of course, looking very good on two shots. I guess you're probably looking at Salzburg, Lisbon, Benfica. As the ones you'd want to face, um, definitely, I'd probably say Salzburg. Although maybe you know Lisbon, of course, being Portuguese champions, maybe not. But I feel like Real Madrid probably. I feel like even Real Madrid could beat uh, 
PSG or Chelsea on a certain day. I wouldn't back them, but it's definitely not out of the question. But I definitely mm. back them to beat Lisbon, Benfica or Salzburg, to be honest. Yep, sounds sounds pretty much fair. But what about Atletico? Uh, but Charlie, if you did, did you have any thoughts on that? Um, uh, quickly, yeah. I think though every single game they could get in this will be tough. I say Real Madrid is a lock to win against every single team other than Chelsea. I think if they get Chelsea, I don't think they can out tactical uh, Thomas Tuchel. I don't think Ancelotti is the right man to do that. But I think against every other team, including PSG, I think they will. There would be a lock. So would be difficult match. Of course, I'm not going to say they would destroy them, blow anyone out. Would be difficult matches, but I, I would give them a lock against every team bar Chelsea. All right, all right. Sounds yep. Uh, that that seems fair. I think uh, from a tactical sport standpoint alone, uh, Chelsea is a much bigger challenge than PSG to me at this at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and uh, who knows? Like uh, if Real Madrid are just getting out, we might see an own goal from Kylian Mbappe and you know bring out a Real Madrid shirt from underneath. I, I don't know. I don't know. You guys are like, the contract on the pitch. You guys are like uh, aware of that uh, WWE move where like there is a draft. Uh, one one player is like wearing a raw T-shirt and he you know smacks someone and plays that T-shirt. There is a SmackDown T-shirt underneath. So like imagining <laughs> imagine Kylian Mbappe scoring an own goal at the Santiago Bernabeu and then ripping his PSG shirt off and there is his brand new Real Madrid shirt underneath. That that will be for the something for the. Don't give Florentino Perez any ideas. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll try. He'll, he'll try and convince you that that's what's going to get young people back into football. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, all right. So let's let's wrap it up uh, by taking a look at Atletico's possible uh, uh, teams that they can face. Uh, Man City is one of them. Ajax. Uh, Real Madrid is obviously not one of them. Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Leo from France, and Juventus. Pretty pretty big games. I think apart from, well, Ajax has been fabulous this season too. I think apart from Lille, all the games are pretty pretty difficult. Uh, uh, what do you think, Michael? Yeah, I think definitely right to call it Lille is the um, the more favourable opponent. I haven't really been keeping up with League One, but I know they, have, they haven't been that impressive. The uh, League One, sorry, they haven't, they haven't really been that impressive in Group G with Sevilla. Um, I mean, you really just don't want Bayern on Man City. I think even Man United, I think Atletico could beat Juventus. I think I don't really know a lot about them. So even really, you got to face Cristiano Ronaldo with another like with another opponent. Yeah, I mean that would be very. I mean, they have, what they do is they win three 0 at the Wanda, and they go to Old Trafford, and Ronaldo would score four goals. <laughs> and it'd just be like just be completely well, I, ridiculous. I've like when that before. <laughs> yeah, like when we beat Juventus 2-0 and then got destroyed at the Juventus Arena. Um I don't know, I think either way it's gonna be very tough. You know, let's go finish second in their group. It's not probability dictated, they're probably not most second place teams don't beat the first team place teams. Mm-hmm. Round of 16. I think that most fans probably just happy to make it to the round of 16 after the fucking ordeal that the group stage has been. It's been such a mess. But um, but no, hoping for real, I guess. <laughs> All right. Charlie, thoughts on Atletico's potential draws? Yeah. I don't like City. 
Uh, I don't like Bayern. I think United, uh, Juventus aren't bad shouts. I think that they're both overperforming how they how good they actually are. Leo is, of course, the best. I am praying for Ajax because in the most stereotypical, loving way to both clubs possible, because I'm not a fan of either, and I say that when I don't really like either, the house of pure, like, tactical football and pure anti-football together would be the most fun match I could ever see. And I I love anti-football. That's the way I've played my entire career. I've parked the bus and all that. I love anti-football. But to have them go up against Ajax would be the most fun. I would, that's that's all I ask for the next round. That would be so much fun to watch. That is, is, I I completely agree. That is is going to be be a fun time from from that perspective uh, completely. All right, guys. Uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. It was it was ton of fun. Uh, we're gonna talk soon. Uh, there's a Madrid derby coming up. We'll we'll try to do something before the derby as well. Huge, huge game in Spain, and uh, at this point, I think the biggest game in Spain. Uh, we can we can fairly say that since like we are the ones who play in the Champions League. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Charlie, for joining in, uh, and thanks for all the listeners of the S Una Final Pod. Please do give us a shout out and a follow at S Una Final Pod on Twitter. And we guys will catch you later. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.